Today's show is sponsored by the MultiorgasmicMama.com. If lack of confidence, low libido, or guilt and shame around your sexuality are the cause of your bedroom woes, you know, the hot wild sex you never have anymore, or the transition into motherhood that sucked your libido dry, let me help you get your mojo and magnetic feminine spark back. Magic, miracles, total self-love, and multi-orgasmic bliss included. See you at TheMultiorgasmicMama.com. Welcome everyone, it's Lacey Broussard here today with a special guest, Claudia Lucida. Hey, Claudia, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so great, Lacey. Thank you. It's so, so great to be here on with you. Yeah. So I just want to start by introducing yourself to everyone. If you could just tell us a little bit about what you're doing, who you are, who you're serving, what sort of things you're offering to the world. Absolutely. So um, I help single spiritual women uh, get out of like what I like to call online dating purgatory, sort of getting on that spin cycle of, you know, attracting the same type of man over and over and over again in their lives and actually breaking free and creating the kind of epic soulmate relationships that they've always dreamt of. So um, that's really, <laughs> that's really like kind of the, the, um, the core of what I do. That's awesome because this is Single Mamas Thriving in Love Month and that's why I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about how to break these cycles for women because yeah, we start dating and it's like, ah, <laughs> we start attracting the same guy over and over like, how do I make this stop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. So just tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Like what's your drive? What was your inspiration to doing this work and why? Yeah, that's such a great question. So um, I. So again, the story, I mean, I feel like most people who do transformational work have a story around, um, you know, like having, you know, ultimately, I feel like we teach what we, what we ultimately, or we, we, you know, our biggest lessons are ultimately what we're meant to teach. So uh, one of my biggest lessons happened uh, about five years ago now when I met this incredible guy, which I, who I thought was my soulmate. And I was just like, it was like during this like this ceremony and like I got this incredible like and I'm you know I work with very spiritual women so I'm I'm sort of very much tapped into the woo woo stuff and I am always looking for signals from the universe and stuff like that around um following these signs and stuff and I got this huge message that this man was my soulmate and I was like okay like what does that mean and um you know I felt so so hard for him and realized that he actually turned out to be kind of a jerk. And so it was this sort of really, it was this huge upheaval for me um, in terms of really understanding for myself, like the kind of love that I did want to attract. And ultimately, like, I believe he was my soulmate in the sense that he created, he created this massive sort of um, lesson or, or whatever you want to call it for my soul, this like, massive contrast that I experienced that really put me in this space of like needing, like forcing me to, to, uh, go about attracting somebody in a completely different way than I had been previously. So, um, yeah. So after that, I like had a, a really deep healing experience around that ultimately attracted my, my real soulmate who, who now we've been together for about four and a half years and we're just traveling the world together, creating our online businesses together. And we have a real deep, um, sustainable connection that is, it's really special. And it's one of those things that, you know, um, 
and I can talk a little bit more about how I got that and how I created that and specifically how I help women create that in their own lives. But, you know, just going through that experience myself and seeing how many women are struggling with the same thing. It's like, they'll have so many other of their areas of their lives figured out. Like they have the job, they have the money, they have the kids, all of these things. But for some reason, for so many women, the love piece is missing. And so that's um, really what my mission is right now is just to help women um, really bring in that final piece that they feel like they're missing. Yes. That's so beautiful. Now I know that you attracted Johnny in a pretty amazing way. (laughs) It was like, uh, 30 days or 90 days. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was, I mean, I guess you could say it was 30 years, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, but essentially it was 30 days when I made, um, I made a pretty radical commitment to myself. And again, it goes back to that thing of being really what I learned was around being unconditional. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of kind of how I did that, but, um, it was a 30 day commitment that I made on November 31st, I think 2013, um, where I was just like, I'm just going to vibrate in ecstasy and bliss and like orgasmic energy all day long. And then like 30 days later, I literally was just brought into, um, I was, you know, I was inspired to, to go to a certain place at a certain time. And there he was. And it was just this very instantaneous thing that I knew was the result of having done such, um, deep, deep energy alignment work. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the story in a nutshell. <laughs> Attracting kind of like, the, the love of your life from the orgasmic energy of ecstasy and bliss and pleasure. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. We will, we will get to that in just a minute. We'll circle back around to that. <laughs> yes, please. It's like my favorite topic, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, tell us about women and dating issues. What is the number one frustration that you're finding that women are having with dating and yeah. why I hate it so much? <laughs> yeah. So I would say there's a couple of them that I feel are kind of, um, I, I come up almost an equal amount. Like there's, I would say there's three different ones that I see most often. So number one is that they've never been in a long-term relationship before, or they've never really been with somebody who they have that deep kind of um what i call firing on all cylinders like they're they have sexual chemistry you know physical sexual emotional intellectual spiritual connection like they have all of those pieces with a person like they've just never had that experience and it's like because they've never had that they almost can't believe that it's possible for them and so um i would say that's probably the number one thing i come up against but also there's, there's a couple other ones that are so, so common. So I also see a lot of women um, in relationships with men who kind of have one foot in the door and one foot out of the door. So men who are like, won't fully step up and commit and men who ultimately who, you know, are just not fully present in a relationship. Um, and then I would say the most third common one is like you said, they attract the wrong type of guy over and over and over again. Like they're just on this sort of this loop of, you know, finding men who are attracting men who have um, narcissistic personality disorder or who are, um, you know, abusive in one way or another. Or men who even just men who are like, 
less than what they really want because I don't believe that we should have to settle for less than what we want. So just men who really aren't a full match, they're like maybe like 50% a match, but they're not the full package of what, um, what somebody's wanting. So I would say those are the three, three most common um, issues I, I encounter with my clients. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can relate to some of those myself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all of the above. I definitely yeah. can. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what does it really take to stop attracting the same type of guy? And I know that it's really common for women that I am encountering lately and hearing a lot about lately. It's like, ah, I've been in a long-term relationship before and had the family, had the kids, and now I'm divorced and I just keep attracting my husband over and over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. So what yeah. sort of healing and stuff needs to go on to, to break that pattern? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So what I found is that um, we don't always attract to what we want. We, we attract kind of what we're familiar with. So what I see with so many women is that they will attract men who reflect in one way or another some sort of um, familial pattern that they had as children. So if they had a, you know, a father who was emotionally unavailable, that's how their relationship will show up. That's how the man will show up in the relationship. Or if they had somebody who... Um, for example, me, I, you know, I had a relationship with my brother where it felt like he really outshone me and he was like this amazing sort of man that I would like put on a pedestal. He was so much better than me. And so I would attract men who I kind of put on that pedestal and like, it was like, oh my God, you're so, you're so much better than me. I feel so inferior to you. And ultimately there was a sort of, um, I was attracting a lot of narcissists. So it was like that we attract ultimately kind of what's been programmed into our subconscious mind by experiencing the same, like a certain type of relationship or even observing certain types of relationships maybe between our mother and our father when we were children. So um, we don't, yeah, we don't necessarily attract what we desire. We often attract what's familiar and what is familiar in some ways feels safer than ultimately what it is that we desire because a part of us, like our primal brain, that deep, deep part of us who doesn't want things to change. It does not want us to really thrive in love because fundamentally we believe that would be unsafe. And so it's like, we can envision that person, you know, that partner coming in that like epic dream partner coming in, but a part of us does not believe, first of all, does not believe it's possible. And second of all, just does not believe it's safe because if, because it's different, it's fundamentally different from what we know, from what we have been taught, from what we have been programmed. So I would say that's, that's really what I see so often with women. There's some sort of kind of blueprint that has been almost just kind of programmed inside of them that they, they don't have the tools, they don't have the wherewithal, they don't have the resources to really be able to kind of unwind and rewire towards, uh, you know, in a way that can actually allow them to get what they want. So how do you change this? Um, I believe on a fundamental level, it, it really starts with, creating consciousness around the type of relationship you have been attracting and understanding where that comes from. So again, if you're attracting narcissists, if you're attracting um, men who are emotionally unavailable, look in your past, look at where that story has shown up and just creating consciousness around that will be a really, really good first step. And then from there, you need to start like really 
creating a relationship of compassion with yourself, forgiveness with yourself. So the part of you who has been attracting because of a specific blueprint you have or specific conditioning you have around relationships, you really want to hold that part of you with a lot of tenderness and compassion. And this is where I see a lot of kind of transformational works really failing is that you just try and like, you're like, okay, I have the consciousness around what I've been doing or how I've been attracting this. And now I'm just going to like skip to the, I'm going to skip to what I do want. But, and that works to a certain extent, but I find that the pieces that is missing for so many women and missing in so much of the work that's being done out there is really creating that bridge of a loving, compassionate relationship with that part of yourself who has been attracting that type of person because you understand why it's been happening. You understand ultimately like what that part of you wants. It wants safety. It doesn't want things to be different. It doesn't want you to attract what you want because it wants um, ultimately to maintain the status quo. And that's okay. That's not something that's bad or wrong. It's just, it's just, um, it's just conditioning. It's just programming. So I really believe that creating consciousness around it and then creating a relationship of compassion with that part of yourself who is in some way um, like wants to or needs to attract a certain type of relationship over and over again is really the fundamental pieces to begin uh, healing those patterns and ultimately moving towards what you do want. So um, once you do that, you can essentially create the kinds of... um, you can begin to create the kinds of blueprints that you do want for the kind of relationship that, that you would love. So like after you really take those first two steps of creating consciousness and then creating a compassionate relationship with that aspect of yourself, at that point you want to start focusing on like, like what it is, what is it do like, what is it that I do want? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that, you know, smell like? What does that taste like? And then really anchoring a new story inside of your body, inside of your nervous system. So it becomes so, so familiar that your subconscious mind literally goes out there into the world and finds you, that person. So that's kind of how it works on a, um, you know, neurological level. To be Mm -hmm. honest, how I did it and how I help my clients do it, there is this kind of orgasmic, ecstatic piece that, um, I feel like a lot of people are missing as well because we get so sort of focused on attracting what we want through the mind and visualizing. And that's good to a certain point. But what I've found has made the biggest difference with myself and a lot of my clients is just to like live in, live in the space of how you believe this relationship will ultimately make you feel. So if you think this relationship that you want to create will make you feel like absolutely ecstatic, you want to commit at least for a period of 30 days to living in ecstasy, like day after day after day and creating practices that bring that ecstatic experience, that um, exalted emotion inside of your body and anchor it in it so it becomes your reality. And, you know, from a lot of attraction perspective, which I work, I work from, I work in a lot as well. It's like you become a vibrational match to the relationship that you desire. It's like, your energy serves as a magnet and it creates a um almost like a like a vortex of energy around you that just literally brings this person into your field so um what i find a lot of women go wrong is they get so into the into the action into the strategy into the like how am i going to do this the you know all of the the how-tos and that's okay to a certain extent but 
when you don't approach it from an energy perspective, it's, it's a lot harder to attract the man of your dreams. It becomes more of a crapshoot. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So um, wow. yeah, that's, that's really like my, in a nutshell, explanation of how, how it really, how you can create these breakthroughs. Yes. And you don't, it doesn't have to take forever. Yeah, this is so valuable because it points out that when, I don't know, say you just went through a divorce or a separation, breakup, whatever, and you know, you're like, oh, well, after a certain period of time, you're going to want to start dating again. And then you just go start dating again. And then you bring no consciousness, no like real deep compassion for what just happened and what you went through. And then you just go at it. And it's like all this going and this, <laughs> this unconscious patterning is like, oh my God, what a disaster. <laughs> of and course like, women would have like dating disaster stories all the time because we're not bringing oh my God. any level of consciousness into our dating experiences whatsoever. <laughs> it's like the dating hamster wheel of hell. It really is it's like, oh my God, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, when you decide that, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to bring a deeper level of consciousness and compassion into my dating experiences. And I'm going to empower a part of me that can live in this high vibration state, like mm -hmm. by myself. That's so challenging for many women. Like what would you suggest they do? Like what sort of things can you do to help yourself stay in this like ecstatic, pleasurable state and really be that vibrational match for the person that they really want? Yeah, that is such a great question. And it is, that is like the trick. That is the biggest, in some ways, it's the most difficult um, thing to do, especially if you feel like you don't really have a reason to feel ecstatic. You just feel kind of like an idiot. You're just like, I'm choosing ecstasy, woohoo. But like, there's no real reason. You're just kind of like, it's a little bit of that blind faith thing. But when you think about it, and this is sort of a, um, a mindset shift or just a reframing of it that can really help people. It's like, if you think about why you want that relationship in the first place, it's like, because I want to feel freaking ecstatic. I want to feel really, really good inside my own, inside my own body, inside my, inside my life. And if you kind of get the, um, get the, the horse before the cart, so to speak, and put your, um, how you want to feel first and decide that that's more important to you ultimately right now than um, having that relationship because that's ultimately what you want anyway is just to feel that way and you believe that relationship will bring you that feeling um, and so really the shortcut in, as far as I can am concerned it's it's to choose that emotional state and to feel that way so when you have that perspective and you're like, that's ultimately what I'm going for, the relationship is kind of the nice cherry on top, the nice bonus of, of me living in this exalted state, it puts, this in, it, puts it in perspective. So um, that's like the first place to start is just being like, this is what I'm going for. I want to feel, feel this way and then let whatever is meant to come from that space, allow, like allow it to come. And then the other thing is... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I call it blissipline. It's a blissipline practice. You are essentially, um, and I have different practices that I take my clients through on this, but it's really about anchoring those high vibrational emotional states into your body, into your cells, like into your emotional body. And, um, you know, you can do it with the breath, you can do it with uh, ecstatic dance, you can do it with um, sex magic, you can do it with 
you know, I, when I did it, I was just like, I would go to, um, I literally spent 30 days, almost 30 days going to a jacuzzi and like, <laughs> like rocking myself and like moving my body in a way that like put me in the space of just like absolute bliss. And I was like, okay, this is my work. I'm going to do it again. And then like, you know, wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do it again. And it's not like I would do it all day long, but I would have a couple of days where I would just be like, this is my, you know, this is my focus. This is my main focus. So just realizing it, like, that's all, that's the work. Like feeling good is the work. And I know it sounds simple. It sounds almost overly simplistic, but I've seen again and again in my own life and the lives of my clients that like, that is always what creates the biggest breakthrough. Oh, I can so second that. <laughs> I just took up tango dancing. That's my new bliss, right? I mean, I already do the breath work and uh, sex magic and all of that stuff already. And I'm like, what is like a fun thing that I want to do that just yes. puts me in the bliss and ecstasy? But the thing about tango dancing is the connection. It's like, I, wanna, I want that connection with another human. Mm. And Ooh, like, that's hot. tango dancing, you get it. And it's like this dose of like connection with, with my partner. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love that so much. So that's what I'm doing to help attract my next primary partner, right? Yeah, and it's obviously working. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's working out pretty good so far. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to say that I feel so, it's like it's so, you know, we make it so complicated. We make it so much harder than it needs to be. And when you really um, do prioritize your bliss and really do give yourself that, um, you know, give yourself that permission to just follow your pleasure. Like one of my clients recently, I was just like, okay, you're, you need to give yourself 30 days to just 30 days, full permission, follow your pleasure, say yes to what you want and say no to everything else. And she was like, she's having incredible breakthrough after breakthrough. And she's just following she's so in the flow. She's so in the, like this space of inspiration and like, yes. And she's attracting what she wants. And it's, it's so, it's so much easier than being like, okay, now I have to like, you know, I have to like go on all these. And, and not to say that like online dating can't play a part in this, but online dating as <laughs> a strategy only works when you're tapped into the energy. Mm -hmm. like, it just does not work if you're just like, okay, I'm going to go on Tinder now and like just rant, like mindlessly scroll through my feed and see who shows up. Like that is, that is a recipe what I call for like fast food dating and like these kinds of fast food dating experiences that are going to leave you high and dry. And like, maybe they'll give you a dopamine hit for a second, kind of like fast food does. It's kind of like tastes delicious in the moment. You're like, wait a second. That was not what I wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's this sort of like instant gratification sometimes of like meeting someone online and maybe hooking up or having a, like a, you know, fun experience, but it isn't that ultimate like recipe for gratification. And the other thing I want to say about this is that, you know, again, coming from a law of attraction perspective and having tested this over and over again in my own life, um, not just running on blind faith anymore, because it was that at the beginning was like, I don't really know if this is going to work, but having this hypothesis that it was, but having tested this over and over again in my own life and with my clients, um, really trusting that your relationship that you desire is already done. It is created. You have created it from all of the things that you have um, 
asked for in a relationship. And every time you have a shitty experience with a man, every time you go on a horrible date, every time you like get your heart broken, like there is something, there is a part of you uh, that is has already attracted like the relationship that you want that has defined what you want from all of these kinds of negative experiences that you have because every time you have a crappy experience like you have a deeper understanding of what it is that you do want so what you want is there for you it is absolutely exists and again it's sort of that one of those um you know quantum field kind of you know things that like you have to to a certain extent you have to accept on blind faith but it also like from a quantum physics perspective is it's it's real like this already exists just about getting out of your own way um really releasing anything that's standing in your way from allowing this in and ultimately getting into that space of bliss <laughs> that that will allow you to be a magnet for what you want and it's funny like i'll just people will attract their partner in the most unlikely places like you know, maybe they'll attract him from Tinder, but ultimately where I see most people attracting their partners, like in the supermarket or like at a party or um, at a coffee shop or, you know, on vacation, like just living their lives from being in this space of bliss. And so, yeah, um, yeah it's kind of magical, you know? It really, it <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, isn't that so much better than like the yes. of like the woman sitting there trying to decipher all of the text. What does he mean by this? Oh my God, what if he <laughs> calls me again? Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. <laughs> that was me seven years ago. <laughs> that is definitely not me today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so much better. It's so much better. Like that shit does not work. I'm I mean it might work a little bit, but it's it's not ultimately it just does not do justice to the power that we have, the magic that we hold as women, especially for like us to just attract what we want. And I've been talking about this with my partner a lot a lot recently. It's you know, talking about the law of attraction and like I really want to create like a new universal law or like define a new universal law that's about the law of like feminine attraction and how we can yeah. truly use our our the magic that we carry fundamentally as women to to allow what we want without having to go out there and fight for it or like hustle our asses off or just like fight, you know, like yeah it's it's it just baffles my mind it really does yeah yeah oh i would love to, my mind. i'd love to see your definition of that new universal law <laughs> i i know that law in my bones but i don't have yes for it <laughs> yeah i know i want to write a book on that actually that's one of my i think that's going to be my like projects i think it's going to be called the law of feminine attraction so oh my god please do make that book <laughs> yeah it's that time it's time. birthed for sure <laughs> it's yeah it's totally time i think the the planet is is ready for it or at least i think you know many of us are so mm -hmm. okay last question what one tip or trick can you give on becoming a multi-orgasmic mama mm, yeah so what's coming to mind right now is um it is again it's tying back to that discipline practice like how can you make every moment orgasmic like how can you live and i think you Lacey, were the first person to define this um this to me i think a couple couple of months ago when uh we were talking about this but like living in an omni orgasmic state like how can you make every moment like 
filled up with that like juice and that turn on and that pleasure and like how can you just like approach every moment of your life like your feast like it's this delicious meal for you to feast on um that's how i would that's the tip that i would give to the world um on just like how to live in that space throughout your life not you know outside of the bedroom like it's not just about being that way in the bedroom it's about being that way like all the time so that's what i'm really um passionate about yeah flirting with every moment <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for sharing your deep wisdom and experiences. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was so much fun chatting with you on this stuff. And I, I hope this, uh, this reaches the people that need to hear it right now. So, yes. All right. Great. Thank you, Claudia. <laughs> You're so welcome. All right. Bye.